Good afternoon, everybody. We are here. We are here to tackle myth number two. I told you guys this week I'm on a mission. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be longer than this week. And it is really to tackle some of these myths, these stories that so many of you are telling yourselves and your staff and your communities and the people you work with both verbally and non-verbally about the limitations and the barriers to working with families with neurodevelopmental disorders, behavioral learning, socialization challenges. And one of those myths is that uh, these families cannot afford my care. They can't, it's too much, they are stretched thin, they always tell me, you know, they always have financial objections. They, they, they have all of these different therapies and they, they just can't afford my care. So I have to change my care or I have to modify my care or I have to make exceptions or I just don't want to work with this population because they can't afford my care. Listen, I'm here to tell you that the reality, um, a couple of realities. One is, are there people that cannot afford your care? Yeah. There are. There are going to be people that cannot afford your care. Maybe in your practice you want to have a um, community sponsorship program, a scholarship program, a, um, a bartering program. Maybe some of you guys have that. Okay, if you do, you better have really good um, guidelines for that, for procedures on here's the amount of bartering I can do. Here's the amount of scholarships I can do. Here's how people apply for that or, or, um, they receive, you know, they qualify for that. Here's the amount of, um, limitation on that. Here's when, here's how we make those decisions. You can't just, I see so many offices just like haphazardly doing that. Don't do that. Um, so there are going to be some people, and that's in all demographics, not just neurodevelopmental disorders. And, and in, in reality, when it comes to neurodevelopmental disorders, kids, families, parents making decisions about how to best support their kids who are having trouble engaging and learning and connecting, I am telling you more of their money and finances and time and exchange of value is going to be and is allocated to helping solve those problems as opposed to helping solve the problem of neck pain for mom, back pain for mom. I'm not telling you, or dad, I'm not telling you that's right or wrong. I'm telling you that's the way it is. I'm a parent. I can 100% tell you that my kids' need in that regard would come before my need for um, most things. The reality is, especially in this demographic of behavioral learning and socialization challenges, these families are used to paying a lot of money for the services they receive, a lot. Now, some of those services are covered and a lot of those services are not covered even in the traditional realm, in a normal setting when there's not super long wait lists. And I'm telling you that after over a decade of doing this work, so many of the, even after they have the services that are covered by maybe third-party pay, we're a cash practice, always happen. These families are looking for other options, other providers to other approaches to add onto their team that they are paying cash for. Some of them, Thirty to fifty thousand dollars per year in additional services. So the problem is not just well they don't have the money 
to pay for this care. The reality is if you're getting that over and over and over again, or you're telling yourself that story, or that's a limitation that you have in your head about working with families with these challenges, throw it out the window and really look at, are you communicating what you bring to the table the value that correcting subluxation has on improving neurological communication and efficiency, which impacts the way that the brain is developing and the way that the brain is functioning and the way we are engaging and connecting and learning from our world, which is the challenge when we look at behavioral learning and socialization challenges. If we are not clearly communicating what we do and how it helps, not just well, we don't treat dyslexia, but what we do is we do and we don't. We don't, we can help, but we don't treat it. Okay, true, but what do you do? We better be able to communicate the value that we bring to the table and stay congruent with what we do as chiropractors. That's why learning to lead with the brain is so important. We don't treat dyslexia, but what we do is look at underlying neurological inefficiencies and communication challenges and errors that are causing input processing output challenges, which when we look at learning disabilities, that is part of what we see as just the definition of learning disabilities. Right? And so we know that what we do with using our clinical tool and our functional brain-based assessment, clinical tool of correcting subluxation and impacting neurological function, the way the nervous system is functioning, impacts the way we use our brain, the way your child is moving through development, which impacts the way they learn. And so we have an exam to measure both of those things in the beginning, create a plan, use our clinical tools, and then re-examine both functional brain-based assessment and neurological efficiency. When we do that, what we're doing is make, making everything else you're doing for your child more effective. See, that's the second thing is one, we're not bringing, if we're thinking, hey, I'm not, you know, everybody's having all these financial objections, they just can't afford it. No, first think, are you providing value? Are you clearly communicating what you do, what you bring to the table? And two, this is another one, are you making them choose between you and their other providers? These families come to you with a team. Some of their team is paid for by a third party. A lot of their team is paid for by self-pay and you, you can, this is such a big common and big mistake, which is you making them wrong, their team wrong, and you the answer. See, it's not about us or them. When we learn and we can really understand and communicate our place on the team and how what we do and how it helps make everything else they're doing more effective and beneficial, and having us as a foundational team player because everything comes from the nervous system and how that makes their speech therapy and their tutoring and their education and the connection and parenting that they're doing, all of that makes that helps their child be more accessible for that, to that, to those approaches. It helps you align with the team but still have a different paradigm. But it helps that parent say, oh, it's not about thinking everything I've been doing is wrong or my other providers are wrong and these people are right and now I have to make a decision. 
I have to switch paradigms. I have to be okay with saying this is right and all these other people that I've trusted are wrong. See, so often we are doing that both with our direct verbal communication, our procedures, and just the way we live, just the way we approach things in chiropractic and particularly pediatric chiropractic. And that's a mistake because then most of them, even if they choose at first, they're always questioning. They're always questioning, like, is this the right approach? Did I make the right choice? And then you might start to get those objections right? You might just start to get the, well, we have to pick and we're going to pick this. Or they just start falling off of care. And then it's, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's a lot of money. And so then we take that objection as, oh, it was a financial thing. They can't afford it. But in reality, we have to say, did we keep our side of the road clean? Were we communicating value clearly? Did it make sense to them? Were we making them and their other providers wrong? Were we making them choose that's a, that's a huge mistake and we, and it happens all the time. So I want you, if you're hearing, if you're telling yourself, if you're living in that paradigm, if you're saying, this is what I'm feeling is that I don't want to work with this population because they can't afford it. I want you to examine that and say, well, do I clearly communicate what I bring to the table and the value I bring as being a member of the team to help their children? Or am I being a little too abstract? and wishy-washy about that. Two, um, are you making them choose? Are you making them wrong? Or are you clearly helping them understand how you're a part of the team and what you do helps make everything else more effective? Because clearly they're still looking for answers. They're not happy with just staying where they are because they're seeking more help. And so we want to just be that help build rapport, build connection, clearly communicate, give them action steps, tell them how we work with their team that's already there and that they're doing a great job and start working from there. Then we build rapport and then those of you in in the Focus Academy, you add Brain Blossom in when appropriate. And again, that's helping make everything else more effective. We're engaging that neuroplastic change with everything that we're doing with chiropractic and nutrition and and brain-based exercises and all of these things and brain-based parenting. And then you're building a great rapport builder with not just that family, but that community because these families, they talk. They are very community-minded. Um, they're looking for help. They're looking for what did you do to help your child with this challenge? And they're asking other parents. But if you make the mistake of making them wrong and making everybody they know wrong because you're right and their people are wrong, and if you make the mistake of not being clear and direct and understanding what it is that we do, then you're not, you're going to continually get the same objections. And one of the biggest objections you're going to get is they can't afford it. And while yes, there is a percentage of people that cannot afford it. Um, there are a large percentage of people that can and are used to paying a lot of money for services for their kids and are ready to pay. Um, and they need to understand exactly what you do and how it's going to help. All right, everybody, that is myth number two. I've got a few more really big ones and some of them, so stick with us this week. One of them you may or may not like, but there's some big ones. And and one of them really is how as chiropractors, sometimes we're doing a disservice to these kids with our chiropractic adjustments. And we're gonna talk about that later this week. Anybody else? Uh, 
agree with me on that? Think maybe you have some thoughts on that? Does that push your buttons? What are you thinking? Um, and let me know, do you get this objection a lot about finances um, in your practice and how can we help you with that?